1: It's our prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is for you. Claim your free book and get free 30-day access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab. Simply visit dgmfree.com. You were made to think big, too
2: big.
3: Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world over yeah. Give a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Give a life bigger
2: than yourself. You've tuned in to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Rear. Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big message.
3: Amen. Verse 1. About that time, this is about 10 years after the resurrection of our Savior Jesus, Herod Agrippa, the king, this is the grandson of Herod the Great, who killed the babies in Bethlehem. This is a nephew to Herod Antipas, uh, who killed John the Baptist, Uh, persecuting uh, the people of God was a family affair for the Herod clan. And we see this, you know, it went down from generation to generation. Scripture says that this Herod laid violent hands, meaning, you know, uh, you know, that that's a Hebraic uh, way of saying soldiers began to uh, viciously beat and attack followers of the way. And the church uh, was harassed at this point. The Bible goes on to say some who belonged to the church. So he laid uh, violent hands on some who what? Belonged to the church. And he focused primarily on on the leadership here. You know, you cut off uh, the the head of the snake, the, the rest of the body, you don't have to To worry about. So, what's happening here is, uh, uh, Herod was trying to undermine, uh, the local church, and that's why there's so many attacks on leaders, and, and when you stick your head up to be a leader, you need to realize that you also, uh, wear a target on your back, and you need to be mindful of that. In verse 2, scripture says, He killed James, the brother of John. So, you know, there was this uh, uh, trifecta, if you will. There was these three major apostles within the 12 apostles. When Jesus went into a private place, and he didn't take them all. He would take James, Peter, and John. So James was a very, very significant leader in the church here. And uh, Scripture says he killed James and the brother of John with the what? Sword. So up to this point in history, Jesus was crucified. Stephen had been stoned and now uh, the, the disciple James is about to have his uh, head cut off. And we find here that the devil will attack people in various types of forms, but his, his ultimate intent is to, to, to kill, steal, and destroy. So he may do it with a sword, he may do it through a cross, he, he may do it uh, uh, you know, with stones, but ultimately he wants to destroy each of us who worship our king. And when this king saw that it pleased the Jews, meaning this was pure political optimism. Like many of our leaders today, Herod had no moral compass. It wasn't about conviction. It wasn't about principle. It was all about pleasing people. So when he saw that folks got happy about the death of James, particularly the Pharisees, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. And this was during the days of unleavened bread. Now, what would... uh, help his popularity more than throwing again, the Pharisees a bone during high religious season. The Pharisees were the opponents of, uh, uh, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just like you have denominations fighting amongst each other and competing within Judaism, uh, you had this church emerging, which originally was part of Judaism, but the powers that be resisted it and resented it. So, uh, uh, what happens here is Herod uh, realizes he's a very political person and he begins to leverage himself and uh, score points with certain groups by doing things against other groups. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison. You know, for many of us, the greatest persecution we've ever faced was maybe trying to find a parking lot during service or maybe at the worst, sitting in the overflow room. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For some of us, that's the worst We've ever really faced for the cause of Christ. But let me tell you something. If that's your biggest problem, you need to give God some praise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because, I mean, if that's it, if that's the worst, the fact that you got to sit upstairs. I mean, woe is me. You know, that is the, the hardest thing in your life. You don't really have a whole lot of problems. Scripture says he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads. That's 16 soldiers. And these soldiers their their only assignment at this point is to guard Peter. And here was the situation. Two were chained to uh, a Peter. So one was at his left. One was at the right. And then two stood outside the door. And uh, and actually, there were 16 because there was a rotation. They wanted to make sure that no one fell asleep in the night. So they wanted them to all be fresh. So they come and, and switch. And the bottom line here is there was no human way. Of escaping the predicament that Peter was in, and Scripture says they were intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. Now, Passover to the Jewish people was a time of celebration, but to the followers of Jesus, it was the anniversary of Christ's original uh, crucifixion. And again, you know, James had uh, w- was about to to, to be killed, uh, and we we you know, Stephen had been killed, and uh, Uh, There was no natural reason that, that he thought he would survive. So Peter was kept in prison, but, did you notice a but? He was locked up, chained and guarded by 16 of the fiercest soldiers on the planet. But in the midst of his predicament, earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Why does the Bible mention this? Because the prayers of the church was a very significant part of the reason why Peter survived the situation he was in. The Bible says, man, Peter was in dire straits, but earnest prayer from him was made to God by the church. But somebody knows. If you've gone missing. That's why we have these care leaders. We don't have over 40 care leaders just because we wanted to create another office in the church. The reality has come right now. We're serving in a year's time. We have over 5,000 people coming through our doors. We have about 2,500 regular attendants. There's no way one man. One woman can tend to all these people. So because of that, we kind of have associate pastors. And each of you, everyone in this room that has become a part of this assembly has been assigned a care leader. And when you connect to that care leader, if something goes wrong, there's a point of contact. I cannot meet with 2,500 people every week. But we made the group small so if something's happening, you can reach that care leader. And I get, I get emails every week about deaths, about divorces, about challenges that are going on in your life from these care leaders. My wife and I, we pray and, and many of you receive emails all because these care leaders are in position. You need to be in a place where people know your name. Is there anyone in this church that knows your name? If you're in trouble, is there anyone that knows about you to pray for you? If that's the case, don't blame the church. We have created plenteous opportunities for you to connect. There's a value. There's a, Man, it is vital that you connect with the people that God's assigned you in your life. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night. Now, once again, God waits 1159. That's just what God does. And don't give up just because it's getting late. Now. You know, he was in jail for a while. And, it, you know, it looked like, you know, Herod had him. But the day of, or the night right before the execution, that's when God steps in to do what only God can do. And watch what happens. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. A married people, you might think you're having problems with the person you're sleeping with. <laughs> Peter was sleeping with two people whose only job. Now, some of y'all sleep with two people, too. Y'all need to get that right. But (laughs) Peter was sleeping with two people whose only job was to watch him die. So your problems in the bedroom, I don't know if they come close to the issues Peter was facing. It says he was sleeping between two souls. Now, now, the six million dollar question is. Why was Peter sleeping? How could you sleep? James has died. Stephen had been stoned. These are leaders in the church. The ultimate leader himself had been crucified. Peter, the Bible said, had a mother-in-law because the Bible said Jesus laid hands on her, meaning he had a wife. How many know that men and women, when they get together, if they, if everything, you know, being equal, they tend to have babies. So the odds are Peter had children. How do you sleep when you have a family and the next day you're going to die? But I want us to take a look at three reasons why I believe Peter was sleeping here. John chapter 21, beginning with verse 18. Number one, he slept because he had faith in God's word. He slept because he had faith in God's word. John 21 and 18, Jesus speaking. He said, truly, truly, when he repeats it, emphasis, and he's like, you can bank on this, I say to you, Peter, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and handle your own business and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, and this old speaks of becoming an uh, uh, aged, or, or, or having many years under your belt, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. What is he speaking of here? Crucifixion. The the uh, tradition states that Peter was not only crucified, he said, you know what, I'm not worthy of being crucified as the Lord was crucified, so crucify me upside down. That's the way Peter experienced death, and Jesus prophesied this. But you see, at this point, it's only 10 years after the resurrection of Jesus, and the odds are that Peter, at this point, is only in his 30s or 40s. But Jesus told him, he said, listen, it's not until you're old that you're going to glorify me in your death. And what was the deal here? Peter hadn't grown old yet. He was not full of years yet, and the reality is, and you got to learn how to take God's word this way, not a comma or a dot of the eye will fall to the ground in your life until God's word is fulfilled. Why did he sleep? Because he was like, you know what? I remember when all the apostles, I, I recognized what happened to Stephen and And I recognize that James, you know, and we were tight, and and I know he was one of the leading apostles, but you know, a thousand at my left, ten thousand at my right, but you know, God has a word for my life. Are you hearing me? He said, You know, uh, it looks really bad here. I remember what Jesus said to me. And uh, I don't think I'm old enough. Enough time has not passed. And and you know what? He said, What did he say in the scripture? He said, uh, When you're old, someone will take you and do this to you. And, you know, you need to stop taking these little prophecies, little things God say to you and kind of, you know, just write them down and, and refer to them after the fact. You need to begin to take God at his word because he's intentional. Every little thing he says has power and significance in our lives. Now, the second reason that Peter slept is really, really important. And I want to see more of this in the life of this assembly. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse eight. He slept because he was not afraid of death. Verse eight. Paul is speaking. He says, yes, we are of good courage. We have no fear. He was talking about his death. And we would rather be away from the body You got to start living this thing at some point in home with the Lord. If you're a follower of Jesus, death is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Matter of fact, it's not a bad thing to get out of here. The only reason we want to stay is because we have purpose. Because we have an assignment. Because we still have things to do. But we need to become like the, the 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 church of the first century, man. What would happen is, you know, I, I, I've heard that, you know, there would be lions eating them alive and tearing them apart, you know, in those great big coliseums. But what would happen was people watching would get so convicted by the joy and peace on the face and in the lives of these followers of Jesus. That they would actually jump out of the stands into harm's way into the mouths of lions, tigers and bears and men with swords and spears and themselves get eaten because they recognize this gospel is true. And let me tell you something. When this becomes, you know, more than just hearing a pretty sermon on Sunday. When it becomes more than just what you do a couple times a week. When the message of Jesus Christ becomes real in your heart, even fear cannot back you up. Even death, forgive me, cannot back you up. Do you hear what I'm saying here? uh, Peter here, he wasn't afraid to die. And saints, I don't plan to die anytime soon, but I'm not afraid of it. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And when I'm present with him, can't nobody talk about me anymore. No more mortgages to pay, no more bills to pay. I have to deal with gray hair growing in and you hear me? The problems that could come with age. To be absent from the body is to be present somewhere else. And when that becomes real, you don't mourn like the world mourns when, when a follower of Jesus passes. Oh, you miss him? You know, when Moses died, the Bible said that the people were to mourn for him for 30 days. But let me tell you something. You know, there's a time to cry. There's a time to mourn. But when day 31 comes, at some point you've got to get over it. And if, if he was a believer or she was a believer, you, you don't mourn that they, you mourn because you miss a man and it hurts the humanity. You know, I, I get that. And, and it hurts and, and, you know, I get that. But you know what? They're in a better place. And when you really, really believe that, you begin to live it out. And you begin to handle death differently. Reason number three. It's found in Philippians 1 and 19. Paul is speaking again. It's much easier to rest when people are praying for you, particularly when you know it. Paul says this. He says, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my what? Deliverance. Paul's deliverance was not just conditioned on his relationship with God. It was also conditioned on the prayers of the saints. We need each other. Church is not optional. This thing we call church is essential. If we're going to discover the deliverance and and the real power that God has for us in this age while we're walking this planet. Let's go back to Acts chapter 12 and verse 6. Peter was sleeping between the two soldiers bound with chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison and beheld or behold an angel of the Lord stood next to him. You say, Bishop, I'm bound with some serious stuff. I I got some stuff tying me up that, you know, I don't even think you really want, want to hear about. But if you read this chapter and you read it carefully, You can't tell me a situation that our God and our prayers cannot get right in the middle of and and you be set free. This is not a fairy tale. This is a literal man standing guarded. Between four soldiers, four demons, if you will. Real bond is dealing with real life circumstances and God freedom. How much more those of us that are just facing psychological and spiritual problems can God deliver? If he can do that in the realm of the four dimensions, how much more in the invisible realm where he's taken captivity captive and spoiled principalities and powers? If he can resurrect a literal body, how much more can he resurrect us spiritually? So read these narratives, understanding if God can do that. What bondage in my life could God not free me from? Amen. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him. You see, the issue is not what got you changed. It's who's standing next to you. Yes. Yes. Some of y'all bound up in pornography and homosexuality and all types of sexualities. They're coming up with weird stuff now and new stuff. And you think that's too dark and, and it got too strong a hold on me. Some of y'all bound up in alcoholism. Others of you got different habits. And some of y'all are food addicts just eating yourself to death. You're going to die early because of your appetite. The scripture teaches that it's not what got you down, it's who's next to you, who's with you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? It's not what you're facing, it's who's with you that makes all the difference. In the world. Some in this room, you're scared of growing old. And as you age, you get more and more frightened and you're doing all this weird stuff because you're panicking. The issue is who's with you as you grow old. And you know what? If God is with me, I can handle anything in life. And the angel said to him, dress yourself. Did I skip some things? I sure did. Skipped a lot. He said, and the light shone in the cell. Like I said, God could bring light even to the darkest places. He struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. See, When God says move, you move.
2: You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermutu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click gracechurchva.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's gracechurchva.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
3: of my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. Don't settle for mediocrity, live big. Let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com and let's visit it today. That's canilivebig.com.